and welcome back to a new episode of A Woman in AI. My name is Kim Dressendorfer and I'm a technical specialist for AI at IBM. And for today, I have someone special with me. She, she's a solution engineer for Weather Business Solutions at IBM. And I'm very excited to have her here today. And I can't wait to ask her all the questions about her work and her life. Let's welcome Julia Wiegel. Hey. So happy you're here. Um, why don't we just like start away, right away and you just tell us a little bit like who you are and what you do. Okay, well, you already mentioned my name uh, and uh, my official job description. Um, and the reason I do this job is I am a meteorologist. So, you know, when I was a 15-year-old girl, uh, I knew I wanted to, to do something science tech like my parents, who are both electrical engineers. And it was but it was like, mm, I didn't understand what engineering is. My favorite subjects were math and geography. And one day I walked into a meteorological office by a very interesting coincidence. And it's like, oh, this is something I could do. And uh, I was 15 and that never went away. It was always like, oh yeah, I really care about earth and all of that, let's study it. But then of course you need to realize uh, when you become a meteorologist, it, you study physics and math. But I loved it and it's very challenging. I think it still is today, but um, it's a really cool thing to do. And um, what I do here, at IBM is, um, you know, I'm what they call a solutions engineer, pre-sales, tech sales, whatever you want to call it. I work with um, software that is either weather related or geospatial data related. And uh, we work on new implementations for business customers. So basically what I do, similar to your job, people never really see it anywhere because it's behind the systems. <laughs> that is true, right? Everybody's like, oh, the black box. What are you guys actually yes. doing? Like, how does it look like? Oh my God, you work in this industry? Like, oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> Yes, it is fascinating, but sometimes it's pretty hard to describe. You know, I'm not a forecaster, and that's something a lot of people confuse. And you probably know those memes of the six pictures. This is what my parents think I do. This is what my friends think I do. This is what I really do. <laughs> and yeah, actually, when you study meteorology, a little part of that is uh, synoptics, which is analysis and forecast of the weather. and uh, the people you know from TV, they have actually went through forecasting uh, uh, education on top of their degree mm -hmm. as well. And I never did that. I was more into computers and uh, other stuff. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you can tell I don't have that professional camera training either. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Where's your green black screen with the weather data? Yes, exactly. I don't. I get to do that at IBM events sometimes. And <laughs> it's usually pretty awkward, but I enjoy it. That is fascinating because I think like, there's so much stereotypes, as you said, like, no, actually, I'm not that kind of person. I work with a lot of data science, a lot of machine learning algorithms, and it has nothing to do with showing up every night at 8.15 and tell you about the newest trends <laughs> and what's going to happen. 
<laughs> and uh, honestly, it, I mean, my friends and family consult my forecasting knowledge sometimes, and I do help them out in these cases, but I mean, I need to check weather maps for that as well. It's uh, it's not like I can do that right out of the box, uh, but yeah, it, it's still interesting. And uh, for me, it's a, you know, I'm a weather enthusiast. I enjoy when there are beautiful clouds outside. And I know from my colleagues and friends that most of us are like that. It's like, oh, look at this crazy halo of the sun we've just seen. Take a look at my picture. <laughs> but that's beautiful, I think. Like honestly, yeah. like that's 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 what shows your passion about it. And that's that's why you have the right job and why you love it so much, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, what do I really do? I do something very similar to what you do, just with a little bit of a different flavor, I think. That's a nice way to put it. I love it. <laughs> and I love that you said it because every time like I come home and visit my parents, it's like, oh, the TV isn't working. I'm like, that is not my expertise. I don't know how to fix that. I kind of software. I have nothing to do with electronic stuff. I don't know how it works. <laughs> that is the advantage of you know these electrical engineers they actually showed me some of that when I was a kid <laughs> that's a good stuff but hey um let's let's switch back to your career actually because I think um since it is so rare and it is something that um affects us in a daily business right like and also future-wise, um, what is like your main motivator to keep going and keep inventing stuff that also is veteran-related and has such an impact on companies and on people? Well, that, that's a good question. So for me personally, I, I get bored when I need to do the same stuff over and over again. I actually want to spark new ideas. I'm really interested in that. And I think, uh, that's really helpful for the jobs we do. And I like the very, I would say American um, uh, optimism of also failing fast. You know, sometimes the ideas, we try them, uh, it doesn't work. So let's move on to the next idea, honestly. And, um, but at the same time, I can see that uh, with the specific knowledge uh, I have, um, there is a different angle to look at uh, the solutions we're building uh, with our customers. And it's very interesting to see the other side as well, because um, that's something I didn't understand when I was in university. You know, when you, when you study a science for a science degree, it's it's pure science. There's none of that industry application. And I've had a lot of friends who studied biology or uh, geoinformatics or something like that. And for all of us, it was kind of hard to grasp uh, anything outside of science in academia. And now I can see there are a lot of my peers also um, are working for our clients because a lot of uh, what we learned in university and the topics we are touching are getting more important. And uh, when you take a look at what does machine learning, AI, um, 
uh, include um, a lot of use cases are specifically those geospatial use cases. There is uh, a lot going on right now in working with um, satellite data. I mean, the first thing we notice of it are all of the private companies showing up that uh, want to shoot further satellite into space. But there's the other side to this of actually using the data, and that's what we do. And um, there's a big difference to when I started studying, uh, honestly, that digitalization has done specifically for the geo fields, I think, because we have a whole new universe of opportunities when it comes to the jobs we want to pursue. It's fascinating. And I mean, like, if you, if you think about it, it's especially like you talking about the university factor as well, like how how it's it's not established yet. And there's this, this, this kind of big thing where we talk about theory and how different it looks at the end, what we build and how we really use it. Because I think actually like, like that's one of the biggest issue I see with the universe because I like, guess you learn a theoretically part, but then actually using it in real life changes so much. Like we know every half a year, there's new inventions, there's new way how, how to interpret data and how to kind of like establish a new way of how to build solution. And that quickly kind of changing thing is something the theoretically part is not really <laughs> grabbing <laughs> and is not really like, it, like it's not being taught in university that much. Yeah, but that's, I mean, you probably have that same issue with uh, the um, new things I want to learn. I mean, lifelong learning with what we do, you don't need, even need to discuss that. It's a given, you know, and I'm interested in learning new stuff. But some of the, some of the uh, plans I have, I want to study this, I want to study that. You can't fulfill all of this, that. And some of the ideas I had two years ago, I now realize it's not important anymore because it's already gone. Nice. <laughs> and um, actually, the university gave us, I mean, you know, I, stud I studied applied physics, basically, physics of the atmosphere. And what that gave me was an approach how to solve problems. You know, uh, to look at it from a mathematical point of view. Yes, there was a lot of knowledge involved as well. But if I remember uh, calculating theoretical physics um, uh, tasks each week, um, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> it was each week. Okay, let's sit down for 10 hours and try to find half of the solution. <laughs> It goes to abstract thinking. <laughs> yeah, um, all of all of that. Those thinking aspects are really important now. And honestly, I don't think it would be very suitable to try to teach each of these technologies. We don't know how long those will be around for. I think that theoretical part actually is important. But at the same time, I can see how lost I felt with. I don't really have a place in academia. Um, where do I go? And I think that's important. An important fact that you know those of us who are here to tell the story and also reach out. That's a really good point, right? Because yeah, we, you you as you mentioned, it's 
So you learn all these things, right, at university, and you have all these kind of theoretically part, but it's sometimes hard to grab in university of how are you going to use it at the end and how is your real life going to look like? And um, what was your experience? Like, did you ever had something during your studies where you go like, oh God, what am I doing here? Like, what is happening besides all these theoretic, the theoretic stuff you learn? And um, did you ever kind of like came to a point where you go like, what is this all? Well, my biggest issue actually was that I was interested in so many other things and my studies were really focused on one topic and it needed a lot of capacity and it wasn't always what I was willing to put in because, <laughs> you know, I also wanted to uh, uh, do a lot of other things and engage in a lot of other things and that always made it complicated for me at university um, because I wanted to study this language as well and that as well and I had chosen a topic that is very focused and going deep into one uh, area and I had my issues I had a longer bout of depression I had to struggle with that wasn't directly related to university, but uh, affected it very much. Um, but I think a lot of that helped me um, going to where I wanted to go. And for a long time, I felt like I knew more what I didn't want than what I do want. But sometimes it's, you know, from the perspective I have now, I actually think it's good to understand what you don't want. That is true. That is key, I think. Yeah. While while you're in that situation, it may not feel very easy. Um, but yeah, I think I think that struggle is true for a lot of us, specifically if we don't do dual studies where we are in a company as well, specifically when we go to a university and as I said, I struggled a lot with having to concentrate on this one thing. And that made academia hard for me. But now in the job I have now, that actually is an advantage for me. <laughs> yeah, but that's good, right? And that's like, I think that's yes. really important that you mention it. It's important to understand because, you know, I wasn't the student who would sit down for three more weeks to get the best grade. I was like, let's move on. Let's do something else. And my professors didn't like that. Nobody around me liked that. And I was ashamed of it sometimes as well, but I couldn't do it any other way. That's just me, you know, it, it doesn't always work to conform to the standards that are expected of me. Like yeah. It. I feel you. Yeah. And um, but now, you know, with this 80-20 thinking, that's it, I only realized that when I took a project management class in during the end of university, there was this guy who was an engineer and he's like, yeah, there's this 80-20 approach, 80% to make it work. 20% to make it perfect, but the 20% may take up a lot more time. And I realized mm, maybe that's how I view a lot of things in life. And um, 
it works pretty well for my job to be this kind of person. But, you know, I had to find out where that would be for me. And um, having a lot of interests and uh, reading a lot of information outside of your very specific topic, I think it's very helpful. At Absolutely least. true, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's quite, it's, isn't that quite fascinating, though, because, like, we have such, we have such a niche kind of job, which requires us to be really deep, technical, evolved into this specific area, that we sometimes forget how much bigger the world actually is, and how many factors are running into whatever we are building at the end, that it comes I mean, it's it's actually like quite important that you mentioned the eighty twenty um, theory and like the the how you set how you work because because for me it was exactly the same. Like when I was at university, I was like, well, I'm not motivated for this class at all. I don't even want to write this test. I don't know how I'm ever going to use those skills I'm learning here. That why do I ever going to teach that what I wanted to? <laughs> and at that point, I also didn't know what I want to do at work at the end because I was like are there even jobs out there for me you know like kind of that kind of thing and uh, I think it's so important that we become more open about this kind of thing and that it's absolutely normal and that it's okay to get distracted and it's actually helpful that's that's really really nice that you said that and it's probably I mean you know if you want to pursue an academic career pursue a PhD I don't think my personality works very well. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be very honest about that, and I admire people to do uh, who are able to do that. But that doesn't mean that you know I am lesser of a of a brain or something like that. It's just that there are other areas I'm good at. I think that's an important thing to understand. Preach and. <laughs> Um, I think it's somewhat something everyone has to go through specifically if you do go to university specifically if you choose something and that's always something you know when you tell back in university when I told other people what I studied if you tell them you study meteorology they'll be like oh will you be able will you present the weather to me one day oh do you read meteors or hands if you tell them you study physics the answer is isn't Mm. that really hard but how would I how would I really be able to evaluate that I didn't ever study anything else Mm. You know, yes, it was hard for me. It was tough, but I'm not sure uh, something that someone else would consider to be easier would actually be easier for me. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about business administration. I'm like, I listen to you. I understand that there is stuff you got to do for to make sure like that that bilance at the end is kind of like right but I would be like you go I can't <laughs> I have no skill set yeah. to understand that it's just like it, it doesn't it may be also not enough interest in it mm-hmm. it's so and that boring. would make That's it much harder for me even though people may think something's easier <laughs> absolutely true because I always feel like you guys go we need you and yeah. I need you and I will never not work because like I, I cannot work without you. 
<laughs> but I cannot do it. I will be completely <laughs> lost. At the same time, I think it's a challenge for me and probably you as well. We need to understand a lot about business and need to educate ourselves on that. And it's really important. It's also important to understand uh, specifics of certain industries we work in. But I know that sometimes that for me seems tedious. <laughs> I feel yeah. <laughs> but hey, what did you do right after your studies? Well, uh, so even during my studies, I uh, always worked a lot and I worked in very different fields. I had the craziest jobs you can imagine because <laughs> for a long time, you know, during depression and all of that, I, I, I didn't know where my life was heading. I didn't even know whether I'd ever finish my studies, to be honest. And um, I had always uh, worked a little bit in journalism because I had been writing since I was a kid. And I always did a lot of work organizing events and these kinds of things. And the I had a couple of jobs before I graduated. I worked for different software companies as well. And the first job right after graduating was a job in uh, public relations for an institution, actually. And uh, it's, I mean, this was through relationships that I got the job. And it's something you can never underestimate, to be honest. Uh, but it's because the people there knew I know how to do this. And that's the weird thing. I never studied that. This was just my side thing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it's something, all of these other things I always did. One thing I, is I learned how to work with people um, and that PR, uh, marketing, um, journalism angle, um, helps me in my job as well because I need good communicator sometimes I need to answer tenders um, and um, I like for the language to be clear and precise in these <laughs> so, really important yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want uh, to answer uh, using a hundred page document <laughs> because who wants to read that <laughs> yeah no, but it, that's kind of like a really big advantage because what a lot of people don't know is that our jobs at the end, they are, you have to, you have to work with so many people. There's so many factors, as I mentioned, like there's marketing, there's sales, there's technology, there is the, the, the senior management who wants to know the results and all these kind of factors are running into us at, the, at one point and we got to work all together to make this all a successful product at the end. Yeah. And I think having those skills is something sometimes where it's so like, we, we got to make sure everyone gets has a little insight in those little areas so we can work better together and understand how a different kind of people communicate. So I think it's you had a really good opportunity there to like learn it right from the beginning. Well, and I actually think, you know, the kind of job we're doing, um, it's something where you need a little bit of a different uh, personality than people working in development of software and hardware. Because uh, I mean, I think it's pretty well known that most of 
the people in development, this is not true for everyone, of course, but those are people who like to sit in front of their computer all day, don't uh, have the greatest communication skills. Some of them are introverts. And uh, what's important for our job is that we can combine different skills and uh, that we're not the purely programming in front of a computer type, but we need to be able to explain it. We need to be able to demonstrate it. We need to be able to stand up on a stage and not be afraid of that. <laughs> yeah, but so, that, that's important. I mean, you can kind yeah. of like categorize it as like soft skills. You have to kind yeah. of like add on and learn and teach yourself a little bit more of how to be able to communicate. But that's that's rough sometimes. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, honestly, I will have to take a look at my own communication skills in the next few weeks because that's feedback I got from one of my mentors. And it was like, I thought I was good at this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hard because I feel like sometimes you're just like, you're stuck in so many meetings. You don't have time. And then obviously so many people text you on Slack. They want to reach out. And you're just trying to somehow get a grab and obviously you want to help like that's not the issue this is like obviously you want to help, but you also got to take care of yourself like there must be there must be a cut in the day where you say like this is it and sometimes to some people it may come over rude because you don't answer their question but it's like how do you deal with this because you like at the end you're you're one of the nicest people I know it's like there's never that's never the issue and you said it's literally just time and like that's you got to make sure you have a cut and you got to make sure you self-protect yourself a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if you take a look, my <laughs> bike is currently right here. And uh, yesterday I had a 1734 appointment uh, for a bike ride. And someone called me at 1729. I was like, hey, I'm going to talk to you for five minutes. And I'm already on my bike. And then I'm going to just start cycling. <laughs> but that's that's good though we gotta you gotta take care of yourself you gotta make sure like well well it really depends and i mean um i think our employer is uh very good at giving us uh, a lot of help uh how to balance this but uh, ultimately we're we are very responsible for our own jobs i mean you know hey no one tells me what to do no, no one tells me when to do it. And um, I need to fill out my job, which is, I really like that I get all of this um, independence, uh, but it also means that I need to juggle when am I finished. Mm. And uh, I know from uh, my, you know, I have several mentors I talk to who've been in jobs like this for a much longer time than I have. And they tell me that's a constant struggle that just doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when you do something you really like, which is the case for me, um, it is even more important to find the, your boundaries and to set those boundaries yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have 
like learned how to set your own boundaries, like based on your, your past and what you do, like taking care of your health and then also taking care of your business. Do you have a clear set of boundaries? It's not absolutely clear because there are these occasions when something really urgent comes up. Mm -hmm. Overall, yes, but there, there's a little bit of flexibility in it. And um, I am a big fan of full openness. I A few weeks ago, I called a colleague because I thought I, I was too harsh. I called him, I said, hey, I want to apologize. I need to apologize because this was, I was under, under too much pressure in this situation. I'm truly sorry. I realized I didn't, didn't treat you and uh, the situation they, the way I wanted to. Please take my excuse. <laughs> you know? But that's, that's great personality, honestly. I think that, that should be like something like you're absolutely role model when it comes to that just like be like a full ally and being there and like being also aware of how you kind of yes, but you know you say that but I don't feel that way because I see my flaws better than you do <laughs> and that's why that's why I'm saying uh calling him and apologizing I think that's important because uh we are under stress sometimes and things don't work the way we want things to work and then we may not always work to the degree we want to work to because even though i, I say i'm not i'm that 80 20 personality that still that doesn't mean i don't want to do a good job you know, mm -hmm. it's a different uh, kind of issue. And uh, I want to be positive towards colleagues and clients. And even I can't always be that way. And uh, sometimes I feel like this was wrong. I shouldn't have acted this way. And addressing that is important, I think. It's like a self-awareness of how you just acted and also like be aware of, well, yeah. that wasn't right. But that takes a lot of courage. And that's really, that's important that this is also like, that you mention it. Like, honestly, thank you for that. Because it's like, people hear that, right? They're going to hear, listen to you. And they're going to be like, yeah, she's right. Because like, it is important. And it's okay to be stressed sometimes. And it's okay that stuff, stuff doesn't go right. But you got to be self-aware of like what what happened in the situation, reflect on it and know then what to do better the next time. Because like it's not only learning from a business side, it's also learning on yourself and how to react better because only then you can grow and like become yeah. a better person. And that's really something with those boundaries we talked about. Sometimes you really need to say this afternoon, I don't care about anything. I'm gone. I'm taking my bike out, I'll be at the pool, I'm taking a walk with the dog, I need this for myself. And mm. uh, um, I need to tell myself that regularly, that I need those breaks. It's not that I always have those scheduled and then I always do take those breaks. I fail at that. <laughs> Because then a call comes in and you're like, okay, I cannot not oh say no God. to that call. <laughs> and um, 
there are weeks when everything is perfectly fine. I'm all zen in the evenings. And there are weeks when in the evening my head is still buzzing. <laughs> I feel, yeah. <laughs> and uh, all of this is a road, you know? Yeah, but it's like it comes down to um, like, what does it take to be a good or a right person? You know, like, what does it, how do you, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And you know what I tell myself? I am working on being a decent person because it's not that you are good or you are bad. No, every day is a new day. Gonna be a quote. You're gonna put in the show notes. <laughs> that is beautiful. But that is that's so important, right? You gotta you gotta work with yourself every day. There's like every day you gotta do something. Every day there's a new challenge. There's a wave in your day with ups and downs, and you gotta make sure you conquer them and you take the energy and you make sure you're you become a better become a better version of yourself. Yeah, and sometimes it's also good if one day you're a bad version of something. Yeah. It's, okay. it's called balance. <laughs> and uh yeah but i mean i have realized that it's really important for myself to do something i actually enjoy and that i can see some value in and i would encourage everyone else to look for that too and you know act on that as well I mean I like to call myself an adventurer because I'm usually not scared of anything new and um, you know I don't even know how to say that it's uh, you know I like new things I like to finish stuff I like to start something new but um, sometimes you know can't finish something but you also need to find out when to let go of it and um, specifically when it comes to work I think we need to be very critical with ourselves am I really happy with this or should I move on absolutely true because it's it's like you get stuck in situation where the routine takes over yeah. and you're just comfortable in in what you do because you know how to do it But I think like what was it our old CEO who said growth and comfort doesn't they don't coexist and it's actually like a simple sentence but it has so much depth in it because like we all come to that situation okay like now like what is the next step in your life what do you do like do you want to change or do you are too afraid to do it because theoretically everybody wants to move on they want to have a career they want to make more they want to like grow in their career wise right but there's one point where you go like this is so much more responsibility am I right for this is this the right thing for me is it are people going to judge me on based on the situation because you might get a role which is above someone else you know like so you're like can I take that is someone going to be mad at me is this too much for me am I not be going to be able to do my bike tour in the afternoon all these kind of things which which are important but on the other side it's like You gotta make the decision. You gotta like be brave enough to somehow do it. But yeah, how does how do you how do you kind of grab it and say like this is just something you do because there's so many influences on you, so it's quite hard. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I need to reflect my days as well. And honestly, sports is what's best for me there. I'm yes, I have this road bike, but I'm actually one of those water people. I spend a lot of time in pools, oceans, <laughs> and so on. And uh, it's a place where all my thoughts can just flow and um, I can consider where I really am and where I want to be. And sometimes it's just songs going through my head and nothing about work. Uh, but I think we all need something outside of work just as well. Yes, I want work to be enjoyable, but we need something else uh, at the same time. It's uh, and, we, we work to live and not we live to work, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, it depends. <laughs> uh, you have to consider how much time you spend with oh, work. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, I don't know. It's uh, um, it is hard. It is hard. Career you're talking about. I mean, I'm constantly in this. Is it, what are the next steps I need to take? And oh yeah, there are these five other things I need to pursue at the same time. And how do I do this? How do I do don't forget this? the certification? Don't forget yeah, this. I, I need to I need to get my certifications. I need to take a look at which of these technologies are worth exploring for me. Should I, should I push stuff to GitHub? Should I uh, do a patent? Uh, should I do this or that? Or There's a lot of stuff to consider. And you know, I don't have a solution to it, but I have understood that it's really useful to one talk to people who have gone there already but also to my peers who are in the same situation yeah I think mentorship is so important because yeah. if listening to to people who've done it is just a game changer so yeah. important so nice to have someone like to just like talk through stuff you don't know yeah. about yet and uh, I mean I have uh, uh, colleagues globally who are the same age group and uh, similar backgrounds and We talk about that too, you know, and uh, we realize when we support each other, it's easier for all of us. <laughs> it's so true. It's so important. And I feel like everyone who like wants to pursue a career like you, like it's so important to have someone who've done it already, to have a role model like you, to just like talk stuff through, to just like see where they're going, what have they done. Yeah. It's so important. And there are always different aspects and um The different steps you need to take, they all have their pros and cons and you don't need to do all of it and you need to understand that and find your own way once again, like we did in university. And I mean... <laughs> Comes back full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a couple more questions, but one I want to like, or kind of like maybe if you share, um, what was your coolest project you ever did? The coolest project I ever did. Um, there are a lot of projects, of course, I cannot talk about. But um, there are a few that are pretty cool, and I can't name uh, specific uh, customers here, but um, there are a few things we look at in... Um, 
the insurance area um, where, you know, I can see with the work coming out of IBM research, we can do a lot more in forecasting uh, flooding, for instance, but um, using AI algorithms, we can also take a look at something like uh, snow that is mounted on roofs and depending on the weather, you know, Mm -hmm. any chance of those uh, buildings collapsing could there be flooding if there's uh, uh, if the temperatures rise too quickly and there's a lot of melting uh, there so there are a few of these projects where we actually use machine learning algorithms and use the meteorological knowledge we have uh, but at the same time there are so many factors included in it. <laughs> uh, so those are the really interesting ones. And uh, yeah, you probably know this. The most interesting ones I usually can't talk about. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> so yeah, but it's, it's, it's like sometimes you like, it, it just comes down to like what, I, what we want to achieve here, right? It's like show listeners that there, there's like the potential of where you could go with all the data and the thing is like what why we use a lot of ai and machine learning is like because the dimensions are so deep that humans just can't grab it because it's like there's so many factors coming in and we can teach those algorithms right to just like go a level deeper go a level deeper what other influences might come in you know like all these kind of stuff what makes it so much fun to work on too but i think like weather is especially something and I mean, like you're part of the, the green diversity kind of stuff and the really important thing of like how we can help the world to get a better place and how can companies become a better part of it. So I think it's really important that we that we talk about that and just like that this is a thing you work on and that this is happening. Yeah, there's one really interesting aspect. We have a marketing message basically that whether influences our emotions and this isn't pure marketing i mean there are a few examples and we take that into industry projects so you know i live in Karlsruhe, and uh the weekend was still kind of cool but we're expecting 10 12 degrees today and tomorrow and it's february which means though and it's well, it's gray outside, it's not really sunny at the moment, and it won't be tomorrow either. But with temperatures like this, my mood when I go outside, of course, is a little bit different. And what are the effects of that on business? I will not go into uh, a place and buy a soup and, um, you know, but at the same time, time it probably won't be ice cream either <laughs> because it's not that warm but uh, you know the emotions I have with the rising temperatures of course influence uh, my buying behavior and it's something where we work with hospitality companies uh, with CPG companies with retailers to analyze that influence from the data sets they have using weather data sets uh, with it and then also forecasting you know for amusement parks we can do forecasts from their historical data um, how many uh, people will be 
visiting those parks? How do they need to staff their entry? How, what kinds of food and beverages do they need to stock mm. during that's, a day? Yeah. You know, that's not the green part of it, of course. That's just the, how do, you, do I use weather data more precisely? When you want to take a look at the green part, I mean, we're doing a lot of data science and agriculture um, where we use weather data, satellite data uh, for a lot of optimizations, which, you know, on the one hand, be important for food supply, because that is something with the climate crisis coming Mm. coming it's not coming closer it's here let's put it there. <laughs> um and there are great examples for this we live in germany central europe in 2017 april the second week of april and the third week of april i think were really really warm 20 25 degrees all of the trees outside were blooming and then in the, uh, in the end of April, there was frost again, which means a year later, we didn't have apple juice anymore. Yes, you could, in, in the summer of 2018, before the harvest started, you could go to the supermarket. And if you were lucky, there was only one brand of apple juice anymore. Oh my God. And I mean, of course, that's a very, we don't depend on apple juice, of course, but it's, an example of how things are changing and how much we need to, um, one, mitigate this, of course, but also adapt to it. And personally, I think mitigation is the most important step. We need to change the way we do business, the way we live. But it's not like we can still prevent it. We can prevent worse. You so already we have that, yeah. Well. And this is always like a scary topic. Like, yes, it's a scary topic, but honestly, I had that teenage angst many, many years ago already, and nothing changed. Well, no, it accelerated. But I think if we take this step by step, we know these are the things we're doing this year. Next year, this will look different. And there will be a lot more technology coming. There will be more regulation, um, I think. We can move forward with this, but we we can't expect for things to stay the same. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. I mean, I could talk for hours for you and video, so no yeah. doubt on that. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out a little bit of time, so I have to ask you our last and final question, and that is always, what is your favorite app on the phone, on your phone? Yeah, you would probably think that would be a weather app. And I think <laughs> I have a lot of weather apps on my phone. Uh, but actually, the app I use most, Twitter. Twitter. She's a Twitter. She's a tweeter. <laughs> but it's good. I mean, uh, can, can listeners follow you on Twitter? What is your Twitter handle? Oh, no, no. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, I could have said something else. <laughs> You're more the reader. <laughs> No, and it's, uh, um, I don't tweet under, under my real name. Um, ah, I see, I see. <laughs> uh, the, well, the, that's, that's just out of historical reasons, to be honest. You know, the people I 
am engaged with on Twitter are mostly from the hacker community and we don't tweet under our real names. That's just the way. It's not cool. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. That's Being anonymous, this is the main part of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many email addresses do you have? I, Too many. I count and they have, they're all specific purpose email addresses. Same. You gotta, you gotta make, you gotta play clever so you don't get that spam. <laughs> but hey, Julia, this was absolutely fantastic, and I don't think this is gonna be our last interview because I, I already want to schedule another one because I just want to deep dive a little bit further into the the green diversity aspect and like really maybe schedule something else. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm pretty sure the listeners will like it. So. Um, Thank you again. Thank you for being a role model. Thank you for showing who you are and what you do, uh, opening up and telling us about your life and uh, what you have already achieved. So thank you so much. And I wish you a fantastic day. You too. Thank you very much. <laughs>